Trends. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, the show for IT professionals where we try to do all the things that we can to help you run your business, support your customers, and do networking better, smarter, and faster. This is our Wednesday live show presented by NetAlly, and we have guests and speakers and all sorts of people on the show tonight. We have Eric Anthony with All Things MSP, who's going to be joining us. You've heard him on the show before. You have seen him out and about. Uh, Very good man in the community. So he will be joining us in just a bit. If you need to know more about the podcast, the easiest place to go is itbusinesspodcast.com. That's where you'll be able to see all the past shows. You'll be able to check out the one blog that I have posted You'll be able to check out the queue of the month, which this month is a pretty good one. And if you submit a survey, you'll be entered into an Amazon gift card that will be given away next week during our live show. And we've got some other goodies there. So itbusinesspodcast.com. In old business... I do want to say that I had a show that went out last week. It was show number 600. Didn't do anything special. Just threw out a little bit show called The Junior Chronicles and Smart Coffee. And I already want to thank Brody for being somebody to respond and give me two more nicknames of what to call Junior. And... Brody actually gave me a MJ and an HJ. The HJ actually is the handyman junior and MJ as the manager junior, not just the owner, but the owner's son who tries to do whatever they can. So if you haven't heard that episode, head on over to the show, uh, go to the podcast, find your favorite podcatcher and you'll catch the audio shows. And you'll get caught up there. Uh, Before we get started, let me go ahead and also say thank you to our other sponsors. Uh, Our live stream sponsor, ComputersDoneRight.com, a managed service provider out of Southwest Florida, has been taking care of the StreamYard costs for me, and I appreciate that. If you need somebody not only to help you with managed services, computer repair, they also do websites and social media work as well. So computersdoneright.com. Our supporting sponsor, the one that takes care of this mug for me, Super Ops. They sponsor my mug and they sponsor the Florida Man segment that is coming up just a little bit later. Uh, Hello, Facebook user. Can't tell who you are, but welcome to the show. If you are watching the show live, you can participate in the chat. We stream live to YouTube, LinkedIn, and the Facebook. So welcome to the show. Let me go ahead and bring in our guest for this evening. Eric Anthony is an, he's an MSP veteran. He's a channel vendor veteran. He runs the All Things MSP group. Uh, He is, I don't even know what his title is, over at Ignite. He is, I need my glasses. This is sad. Uh, Let's see. I can't read a thing. 
I don't know. It looks like MSP enablement director. So, uh, Eric, welcome to the show. Did I get any of that correct? Yeah, you did. Although my job kind of changes from day to day uh, <laughs> at Ignite, which is fine. It keeps things interesting. Uh, but, and, you know, am, am I a guest or is this my second home? I don't know. I mean, I... I think I've been on the show, you know, a couple of times and, yeah. you know, we're, we're actually doing another show with super ops in what? Two, two weeks? weeks, two weeks. Yeah. yeah. The, the super duper something show. Something. We'll start promoting it soon. Yes. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yep. So there'll be a bunch of us actually, it'll be another show kind of like what I've been doing this past month with getting other community members uh, other content creators in the channel, just, you know, getting together, sharing thoughts, talking about, you know, what we have learned, talking with other people. Um, and uh, we'll do that a little bit later tonight. But um, let me think, who else is going to be in that? So it's you, me, Super Ops, uh, Paco and Rick from the MSP Unplugged group, and Eric Simpson. Yep. I don't know what his show is or his group is. Does he have a show? Yeah. I know he does a lot in the community. I was told he had a podcast. Huh? Well, that's one I didn't know about. I'll have to add it to the list. <laughs> we'll find out in a couple of weeks. All right. Well, I'm not going to look it up now, but we will. So hello, Alan joining us from LinkedIn. All right. So uh, Eric, one of the things that I wanted to have you on the show is really to talk about the group. So really all things MSP. Uh, your show, you do a live show as well, and you come on 7 p.m. Eastern, one hour before me here, and do a lot of the same things. You also have a Facebook group, but you guys have you guys have some more serious discussions on that show. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, yes, we had Matt Lee on tonight, and and we talked about the current thing going on with Screen Connect uh, because I think it's something that should be talked about. Yes. Right. Um, and, and obviously, you know, we no no shade to connect wise connect wise has handled this brilliantly, you know, from the start. So it could happen to everybody. And, and we just wanted to talk about, you know, generically, what are some of the things that people should look for and how they should respond to something like this? Because every time something like this happens, it's, you know, the, the, the problem is the the lack of response from the the people who have these systems out there, especially the ones that are self-hosted, that you know really need to get these things patched. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear how other people are dealing with it as well, because yep. sometimes we get stuck with, you know, if if a customer hears the name of a tool that we use or a company that we use, they know the name, but they don't know exactly how well we're tied in with them and stuff. And if they hear breach or ransom or attack, they're going to be like, uh, are we safe? And it's easy for us to say, Oh yeah, you're fine. But a lot of times we actually need to, to give them a little bit more explanation. Here's what happened. Here's what's been done. Here's why we're safe, which is in turn why you're safe. But uh, that was an interesting conversation. So one of the things that you guys did not get into is when you talked about, you know, hosted versus self-hosted and all of that stuff. 
So I, I had a conversation. It's It wasn't a public conversation, so I can't say who it was, and I'm going to try to be careful of what I say so they don't get mad. But it right. was this big argument of should we always go with the vendor-hosted solution or do it ourselves because we'll save so much more money? And I made the comment – wasn't a universal comment, but a, a bulk of the time – I was going to say majority, but it's, I don't know if it's majority. <laughs> but there's a big chunk of time where self-hosted means cheap. And if you're doing it just to save money, that's really not the reason to do it because if you're doing it to save money, that means you're doing it to cut corners and you guys did mention that a lot of times, you know, we host stuff that we don't have time to manage. And that's yeah. not in the best interest of our customers. Well, and, and there's there's several ways to look at that, right? There's the side that does it cost more money or does it lose you more money? Uh, because there's a risk involved with that, right? And and there's so many places that, that you could go with this conversation, but... I think that the bottom line is the average MSP doesn't have the skill set or the time to manage that much infrastructure. Period. End of story. Right. Now, does that mean it applies to everybody? No. Uh, I think there are plenty of MSPs who are large enough to manage their own hosting, to manage their own infrastructure. I just think for most MSPs, especially now, because we're having to move in my opinion, into more of a consulting mindset that the more we can outsource the routine and the things that don't fall within our skill set, uh, the better off we are because we can just give that to other people. Now, in, in a case like this where we have a security incident, right, you also have to look at the fact that there were things that ConnectWise was able to do to the systems that they host to immediately cut off, you know, this vector, which, and they couldn't reveal that to the public because, you know, there was still the, the, they didn't have the patch ready yet and stuff like that. So there's, there's arguments for and against, and I know that this topic has kind of had a resurgence Lately, and whether you should self-host or whether you should host with a vendor, I'm going to lean towards more hosting with the vendor. Yeah. So your analogy is akin to the police not giving out information about an ongoing investigation. Correct. <laughs> so let's do that. So that was a good discussion. Um, so let me ask now, going back to when you started All Things MSP. And I know we talked about this on one of the previous episodes, but let's refresh for the listeners your impetus in starting the group and what do you hope to get out of it? Yeah, so I started – it started as a Facebook group. That was the original um, kind of creation of, of, the, of the idea and of you know the, the venue. And the whole reason I started it was because – you know, I had been a break fix shop. I had been an MSP. I had moved to the vendor side of the channel. I had learned so much 
okay, quite frankly, failing on my own <laughs> at first, you know, I was able to sell the second one. So I, I was happy about that. But I learned a lot by failing in the first one for sure. And then learning so much more on the vendor side, listening to so many other MSPs that I felt like there was a need for a place to share all of that information. And not just from me, but to allow other people to share their experiences and stuff like that, specifically around the non-technical side of running an MSP. And that's kind of where the, you know, the whole thing started. And it just kind of grew organically for, you know, probably five plus years. And then last year, uh, I had been toying with the idea of doing a podcast. Uh, Justin Esgar, who owns an MSP, an Apple consultancy up in New Jersey, and he's got some other, you know, things he's purchased around around the country. But he, you know, came to me and said, hey, have you thought about doing a podcast? And I'm like, yeah, I just don't have you know, all the time to put into it. And so, you know, Justin was like, well, how about if I host it? And I'm like, sounds great. And so that kind of started the podcast. I'd been doing the YouTube channel for a while. And although lately it's been mostly live stream and podcast content, there is going to be some, some new more, I guess I'll say educational content coming to the YouTube channel soon. And, you know, it's really just kind of my way to give back because I feel like I've lived in this community for so long and gotten so much out of it that I needed a way to give back. And that's that's basically what it is. All right. So I think a lot of us are in that situation where we're doing this to give back based on, you know, the help that we got. Because I was in that situation between 2012 and 2015, you know, at a point in my business where – I needed to find more information. And at the time, it wasn't coming from anybody I could talk with locally here because, dude, I'm not going to help you, you know, take away my customer. And I'm like, I don't want your customer. I got my own. (laughs) So so being able to talk to people who weren't afraid, first of all, to give information and to help. Uh, Now, of course, the internet has helped the fact that, we can talk, you know, from sea to, shine, to shining sea and, you know, not be completely afraid that we'll step on each other's territory unless you, you know, become a national MSP. I guess that could happen. Yeah, but there's so few of those that, you know, is that really going to be the case? I, I really I, I have an abundance mentality when I think about our industry because there are so many small businesses out there that are the primary customer base of an MSP that I really think there's so much greenfield to go after that you don't need to poach other people's customers and therefore we don't really need to have that much competition. And not only that, there is so much that can be done for our customers breath-wise that there's a lot of work that can be done. I mean, if you're talking, you know, infrastructure, machines, network, Wi-Fi, phones, cybersecurity. I mean, there's so many things that, you know, you could have one customer take up a lot of your time. I mean, 365 is getting to be a job all unto itself. Yep. So, oh, looky who's here. 
Mr. Keith Nelson is in the house. Eric is a giver to this community. So are you, Keith. Keith may or may not have been on my live stream 30 uh, minutes ago. Oh, he was. <laughs> he was. <laughs> I think he's he on every was. live stream uh, at some and, point. And we, we definitely appreciate his comments. And, by the way, a lot of wisdom coming from him, you know, in his comments and, you know, how he runs his business. Because he runs it a little bit differently than most MSPs, but it's also highly profitable. So, yeah. People could learn a thing or two from Keith. All right. So you talked a little bit about the fact of the educational t- content that's coming. Um, can you give a little hint or is that as much hint as you can give? Yeah. No. Um, in fact, the, the live stream tonight was supposed to be kind of a, a mini class on how to prepare your help desk for AI. Because I think this is something that your help desk is going to get questions about, right? So do they understand how to, you know, help a customer create a prompt in ChatGPT? Do they know the frequently asked questions around Microsoft Copilot? You know, those are things that your help desk is going to need to know because they're going to get questions from your customers. Just like you said it a few minutes ago, Microsoft 365 is almost a full-time job. Copilot is going to be part of that. Yep. So that'll be good. Interesting. Now, how much of this is going to be basically in the Facebook group? I know you've got content going uh, out to YouTube and LinkedIn as well. Do you have a separate other community, a website that people can do stuff with, or are you keeping it within the groups? I don't. And I know that that's something that is kind of a, it's kind of a topic. And I know you and I've kind of talked about this a little bit and, and you have your own website And it's something that's kind of, we're thinking about it because I forget who it was, but there, I I have my my Apple. (laughs) Thumbs up, baby. (laughs) uh, Things turned on. Yeah. Um, This one's even more fun. There you go. We need music. But anyway, there's, uh, oh, we were talking about websites. There, there's a famous marketer who talks about, how you can't count on Facebook or LinkedIn or maybe even YouTube, but definitely the social media to kind of maintain the the communities. And so a lot of people are pushing to move to their own communities. Well, it's not just you can't count on them to maintain it. it they can rip it away at any given time. So if you've got followers and you don't have your own separate, you know, mailing list or address list and they rip away your site, you've lost all that information. So one of the big things, you know, I've looked at this community aspect and I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? There's so many communities out there that I'm a part of. I'll just, I'll let the communities do it. And I'll just kind of poke around. Um, From my perspective, I don't want to add to the noise. Um, but you guys that have been around for, for years, um, that have the followers more power to you. And I will, I will help in any, any way I can. But, you know, when I did look at the possibility of doing my own community, that was one of the big things. It's like, you've got to find a way to own your content, own your yep. listeners and subscribers and make sure that none of these platforms can rip it away. Well, and a perfect example of that, right, is, 
what Facebook is doing with groups because Facebook groups are, um, they're taking away some of the, I got to turn that off. The, uh, the API uh, functionality for us to be able to stream into Facebook groups. Yeah. And obviously a, a big place that we live stream into is the Facebook group. And if that goes away, you know, it's going to be a problem. I, I mean, I think for me a little bit less so because I do have, I think we're up to a little over 1600 subscribers on the, uh, on the YouTube channel. So, you know, we've got some pretty good crossover, but still, I mean, it's, we're most likely going to lose that functionality and it's, it's going to affect the Facebook group. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just, you saw me bow my head and laugh because somebody who's up to date on the shows said this, will you send Mars junior tech a link? Please advise. And that is a reference to a previous show and to the question of the month because I've got uh, CJ is actually the junior that I'm referencing who every email that he sends me, it's basically a one line. This user has such and such a problem. Please advise. (laughs) Not that I can't figure this out. I tried this and it doesn't work. I need your help. Blah, blah, blah. Please advise. So I'm looking at a way to respond uh, to him without being denigrating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all had those, right? Yeah. You know. Um, So, so you're looking at this community thing uh, in terms of how to keep it together. Yep. Um, I know that uh, you've got some sponsors in your Facebook group. Yep. So that's probably something you have to consider as well is will they transfer with you to other platforms? What benefits can you give them? What exposure uh, to your group members, all that stuff? Well, one of the things that I've always done, uh, well, always done. I mean, we've had sponsors for what, four months? Um, So, but one of the things that I always wanted to focus on when I decided to start accepting sponsors was that I would create content with them. It wasn't just about sponsoring the Facebook group. It was more about creating the videos and and things like that. Now, Facebook groups, I don't think are going to go away, right? So you'll still have sponsored posts. I'll still be able to create content videos with them and be able to post that. It's just the live streaming aspect. Right. Mike. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I know that YouTube is making a couple of changes. Well, let me rephrase that. Google Podcasts is disappearing. And so now you'll have to subscribe uh, within YouTube Music to post your podcast. Although you can post, you can post within YouTube itself if you create a playlist and select it as a podcast. Right. Um, live streaming is probably not going to be an issue with YouTube. Twitch is doing it. LinkedIn will be interesting to see how long they keep allowing us to do that. Yep. So, although I, I, I've heard that, that live streaming on LinkedIn is growing. So as long as it grows, I think they'll probably keep it. So one of the things, so here's my one thing about live streaming. So, you know, I don't edit my shows. Right. So it'd be nice to tighten up 
the streams to either chop off the beginning or the end, or if something does happen, clean up the middle and stuff like that. That's the only downside that I see to live streaming. Whereas if you just do a regular recording, edit it and upload it later, um, I would like the ability in all of those platforms to live stream and then be able to replace that live stream with a nice edited version of the same video and not lose the viewer counts. Yeah. Not and, that and I, that's the issue. Not that I don't have a, you know, a ton of viewers, but I'd like to keep my 10 viewers when I change the video. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm in the same boat. I, I would like it if YouTube would allow you to swap out a video instead of having to re-upload. Right. Uh, it, because it just, yeah, I would like that option as well. Yeah. And I, you know what? And it's gotta be interesting too, because I know, so put on your vendor hat as you guys are trying to do your webinars and, you know, content to your partners and stuff. It's the same, the same battle, right? Or, or are well, you, are I, you guys doing that? I would say as a vendor, Typically, you are hosting a webinar, right? It's more common for vendors to do webinars rather than live streams. And so most often what happens is you do the webinar, you send it over to the video team, they chop it up, add the, you know, the pre-roll and the post-roll, and then post it to your YouTube channel as, as a vendor. Okay. So it, it's usually not as much of a deal over there because you're not doing the live streaming aspect of it. But that, that brings up a question um, because I haven't used it yet. I didn't, don't know if you've used the webinar feature of StreamYard yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I have. <laughs> okay. That sounds like an off camera conversation then. Actually, no, I'll have it on camera because <laughs> so I, when did I do this? At the beginning of this year, one of those shows, I actually used the webinar feature to try to live stream through the website instead of through the social media platforms. Okay. And it tanked horribly. Uh, but every other time that I've used it, it's worked fine. And I don't know why it tanked that particular time. But here's the, here's the thing. The webinar feature – is really no different than what we're doing right now, except for a couple of added benefits of getting email registrations ahead of time and being able to uh, download the chat. And I think there's a, they're, they're adding some features where you can do polls and stuff like that during the webinar that you cannot do during the live stream portion, but the actual guts and engine, everything looks literally exactly the same. Well, that's good because I have—I think I have one coming up on March fifth uh, to talk about ecosystems with Greg Plum. Okay. Yeah. So I would, you know, use the webinar feature. It's actually cool, although they do limit you to. I think it's two hundred. Two hundred fifty. Two hundred fifty. Two hundred. Two hundred fifty. Yeah. Yeah. It's more than enough for me. Me too. So it's good. Um, let's take a quick break here and recognize our sponsors again. I already mentioned NetAlly. 
your number one ally for handheld network diagnostic tools, super ops, and computers done right. Let's do a quick commercial. Network connectivity issues can be a major source of frustration for end users and put IT professionals in the hot seat. That's why it's important to troubleshoot connectivity issues and identify problem domains on copper ethernet links quickly. The Link Sprinter Pocket Network Tester is the perfect tool for the job. It rapidly identifies errors and documents network connectivity status and path information for every ethernet link. Link Sprinter delivers these five essential network tests to the palm of your hand. Use the built-in low-power Wi-Fi access point to view detailed results on any mobile device. And collaborate via automated reports to Link Live Cloud Service. Link Sprinter provides accurate results in about 10 seconds. Contact NetAlly today and learn how to fix network connectivity issues faster. All right, welcome back to the IT Business Podcast. My guest tonight, Eric Anthony, from all things MSP and one of our favorite vendors, Ignite. So I asked you a few minutes ago to put on your vendor hat uh, as it related to doing these videos and stuff. Let's quickly put that hat on again and tell our viewers and listeners what Ignite is. So Ignite is a cloud file sharing solution. Uh you know, kind of similar to uh, SharePoint, OneDrive, Dropbox Box, all of those different things. The major difference when it comes to just the file sharing piece is that we mimic an on-premise file server almost identically. In fact, you, we have lots of MSPs clients who have been switched over from an on-premise server to Ignite. And because they're using the exact same drive letter, the folders didn't have to change, permissions are the same they don't even know that they were switched over the weekend. Okay. So for me being a former MSP, I think one of the great things there is you can switch somebody over and you don't have to do any training until you actually want to teach them the new features that they can do because now it's a cloud file sharing solution rather than on-prem. Now on top of that, we've evolved over the years as everybody has, uh, but we've included a lot of data security, data governance types of features that you don't have to bolt on. They're part of the platform. You just, you know, pay for, an, you know, the additional plan. And that makes it so that it's a lot simpler for them to be able to upgrade from just basic file sharing to something that needs to comply with, let's say, CMMC or HIPAA or any of the more stringent compliance situations around, around data. We have a whole program around life sciences because there's, as you would expect, huge privacy concerns and therefore regulations around doing human trials for things like drugs and medical devices and, and stuff like that. So we can do a lot of that natively. And it's just it just works. You know, you don't have the problems that you would have with SharePoint where too many files are too big file, you know, just, we solve a lot of the common problems that the other solutions have. We have ways to solve those like the big files or low bandwidth. Solution. Right. And, and you mentioned, you know, the big key that, you know, 
customers just see a drive letter like they always have and sometimes don't even need more than that except for the fact right. that they can now work anytime, anywhere as if they are still sitting in the office and that is huge. Um, you mentioned the security. So some of the – I mean you guys actually allow security down to subfolder levels, right? Yes. So we mimic NTFS-style permissions uh, pretty much exactly. I mean they they operate a little bit differently in the way you configure them and manage them, but functionally – the way the end user sees it, it's the same. You can have inheritance, you can break inheritance. And so some of those things where some other cloud file sharing solutions, you actually have to rearrange your folders to make the permissions work right. You don't have to do that with Ignite. With Ignite, we can literally, in fact, we have a migration application that you can use to migrate the data from an on-premise server into the Ignite cloud and maintain not only the files and folders, but the permissions as well, uh, which makes it really easy to do a migration. And in fact, the migration tool does some other things like deltas and stuff like that that make it very simple to do the migration over time, especially if your bandwidth is slow, and then test and then do deltas until it's caught up to do the, the cutover. So that way it minimizes that downtime for doing a cutover. Right. Uh, so the one question that I had from a customer the other day, uh, and there I know they're going to come back at some point and want me to find the solution for them, which in my mind might be Ignite, but they want to be able to share access to a folder. And in most cases, it would just be view access where they did not have to copy it to a DVD or a flash drive or a zip file and send it up to a file sharing place and then it's gone. They want it to be something where kind of like an FTP deal where here's your access, go look at the files. You can view this PDF, blah, blah, blah. And then that's it. Um, do you guys have that type of permissions where you can share with limited access? Yes, absolutely. And it depends on what level of sharing you want to do and, and, you know, I, I'm not very specific on some of the granular items there, but there are ways that you can share files and folders without creating a user. And there are ways where you can create what's called a standard user, which is different from the power user that your internal users would have. That gives them a little more capability and at not a full license price. Okay. So if you have outside contractors, for example, that are collaborating on a project, you can give them that type of access and it's just enough for them to collaborate but not actually use the entire file system. All right. And the partner program, pretty easy to join? Yep, very easy. You just go to partner.ignite.com and there's you know an application you fill out. Uh, you get access to our partner portal and to the reseller dashboard. And the reseller dashboard is that multi-tenant interface that allows you to spin up trials, manage your accounts, and actually manage your clients' uh, Ignite instances. All right. We will have links to all of that in the show notes. And I think we have gotten through all the stuff that I told Eric that we talk about in an area that I did not tell him we would talk about is what new gear have you gotten recently? What new gear? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, 
so I, actually I was looking at that ad for net ally and I'm like, I'm not an MSP anymore, but that looks kind of fun. The link sprinter. Yeah. So I might need one of those, but uh, no. So with sponsors, obviously one of the points for all things MSP was to be able to produce more, better content, things like that. So we've actually invested in some new cameras, some new teleprompters. In fact, I have a brand new teleprompter sitting on the floor over there that I have not been able to set up yet because it just came in yesterday. Uh, very much looking forward to that so that instead of looking at the screen, I can look at the camera and, uh, you know, make a little bit more of a connection. So mostly camera, AV, audio equipment, that kind of stuff lately. Okay. I got a camera system. It's nowhere near what you got. So I went and purchased um, a Logitech Mevo three camera wireless system. And I've had it about a week. And it's actually pretty cool, pretty interesting. I thought I would use it as part of the podcast gear. Eh, It's not that type of thing. This is for literally setting up and doing interviews separately. Um, with different camera views, you can w- use your tablet and do screens. You and I will chat about it. We'll do all that. Yeah, stuff. I so I am familiar with the product. Okay. I actually looked at it uh, before Logitech bought it because it was not originally a Logitech right. product. Uh-huh. It was something that they purchased, and because I do you know quite a bit of YouTube video, it looked like a really good um, system for doing multi camera. I'm a little bit of a control freak, as as a lot of people know. And so I like more of the manual settings on what I would consider real cameras. My current favorite in terms of being able to buy multiples is the Sony ZV-E10 uh, because it's just it's, – it's an easy-to-use camera. Right. It's also a small form factor. I don't know. You know, when you saw me at IT Nation, I had just purchased two, and – you know, those were, I use those, you know, all the time. And, and it's great because they fit in a very small case and I can carry everything that I need to do a two camera, two person interview in a, basically a carry on. Yeah. And well, that was why I looked at these. I mean, it's three cameras and it's pretty cool. I mean, listen, they're not going to be high quality. They're not going to be professional. I would put my quality at probably 50% of what yours would be. We'll have to test and see. But the production quality of what you can do with those is really cool. That's See, that's the, the benefit to those is you can do some really cool multi-camera angle, zoom, all from your iPad while you're doing the interview. Yeah. I have to edit it all later. Oh, see, I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> I don't want to and do I think that it's at amazing all. Amazing that you that you don't do any of that editing. <laughs> I certainly do not. So let me put a link here. I I hadn't planned on doing this, but I'm gonna grab a quick link. Actually, you know what? Let me share this screen. So that people know what we're talking about. How do I do this? There. So this is what uh we're talking about, folks. So the Mevo, I did the three pack wireless live streaming cameras. So it is, they're three small cameras. Now I put them on tripods and all that stuff. And 
basically for content creation, multi-cameras, and uh, they can be done wirelessly or you can use them with USB cables connected to a computer. Uh, I did not want to do them for the podcast because they're not as high quality as what I'm using now, but as you can see, you can use a phone or a tablet to download the software and basically do the production right from the screen there. So yeah, pretty cool. If I were doing a live event, mm-hmm. that's something I would definitely consider is using something like that. If I was actually trying to produce and live stream, uh, you know, a live event and be able to do all that stuff as one person. Interesting. I'll put the link in the show notes in case any of you want to get it. And even if you don't click that link and buy something else and I'll get a 1% commission off of whatever you buy. (laughs) Amazon, Amazon affiliate program. Yep. Yep. So, all right. And we did talk about the fact that we're going to need to do a little gear show with all of the, all the other creators. So we'll work on that. Yeah. You know, the next time we're all in one place, we should probably do that. Yep. All right, my friend. So let me see. It is time for Florida man or random question. So I had asked you before the show so I could kind of be prepared uh, if you wanted to challenge Florida man or if you wanted to answer a random question and you eagerly said Florida man. I have to. I have to represent. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so what what story do you have for us for Florida man? Oh, I thought you had the story. Yeah, I have the story, but you you're either oh, you say you didn't oh, so you don't watch my show. <laughs> I, so the problem is I never get to this part of the show. <laughs> I know, everybody's like halfway in. All right, we're done. Uh, so no, so the whole idea is you would present a story from your current city that okay. would be crazy, ridiculous, obnoxious to challenge my Florida man story that I would pick out of the stories that I have. And if you didn't have a story that you thought would be worthy, then you would answer a random question and I would still share my Florida man story. Oh, I'm going to send you the guest preparation page next time. (laughs) So I guess you'll be answering a random question. I guess I will. I, I sorry about that because the other thing is Raleigh, we love Raleigh, but just not that many crazy stories. Now, your stories are going to come from outside, kind of like from Carrie, you know. That's or, true. Or, the contained area for relocated Yankees. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Random question generator. An easy question. What's on your bucket list for this year? Oh, bucket list for this year. There are some secret ones that I can't reveal. Um, but I would probably say uh, attending more events as all things MSP. Uh, we got to do it for the first time at IT Nation last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some other great events out there. And I would love to attend some of those uh, as all things MSP. All right. Pretty cool. All right, so 
let me open up this uh, this link here. So, here's the headline. Doctors remove 150 live bugs from Florida man's nose. A Florida man is breathing easier now that 150 live bugs have been removed from his nose. The unidentified patient went to a hospital earlier this month after noticing that his whole face felt like it was on fire. Now, the area that this is in is Jacksonville. Although the man first started experiencing symptoms in October, it wasn't until recently that they became serious. The man visited HCA Florida Memorial Hospital in Jacksonville, consulted with Dr. David Carlson, an ear, nose, and throat specialist. Carlson was shocked when he looked inside the man's nose with the camera. He saw dozens and dozens of bugs feeding on the nose and sinus cavity. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> it's just it's funny and nasty at the same time. Yeah, thank you for not having pictures. <laughs> uh, the bugs have since been sent to an epi- uh, epidemiologist to determine the species, uh, and the patient is expected to make a full recovery. So I just thought that was hilarious after all the stories of bed bugs in Vegas with the Super Bowl. Oh, I had not heard about the bed bugs in Vegas. Yeah. Apparently, it- it was bad. Well, I'm going to guess it's probably because they used rooms that they hadn't used in a long time. Hey, they had to probably, yeah, overflow rooms and all that stuff. <laughs> so, Sorry, of course, Diana. in the comments, <laughs> what was he snorting? And thank you for the nightmares. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, man. thank goodness it wasn't those bot fly larvae. Stop it. Stop it. You know what? Here's one more question I did have. I didn't think to ask you. Um, you had done a survey in your ATMSP group. Was it a couple of weeks ago? Uh, asking for people to respond to client IT budgets and purchasing. Did you, yes. did you get a bunch of responses from there? And did you get any, anything interesting that we should know? See, you're putting me on the spot because, no, I haven't checked it. I think it was just last week, which is why I haven't checked oh, it. Oh, okay. Recently. All right. I'm ahead um, of the game. And anybody who does Facebook groups um, knows that, you know, Facebook, that's one of the things it doesn't do a good job of is actually telling you when people vote. Uh, it only notifies you if they comment. So let me see here real quick if I can actually go through and I'm scrolling kind of fast. So hopefully. All right. And while you're I'll doing that, I'll, re- I'll remind our listeners and viewers to uh, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. I'm going to say make sure that you find your favorite podcatcher because I'm going to have a whole bunch of audio podcasts coming up over the next month and you're not going to want to miss these. So go there, find your podcatcher, and get alerted when the when the audio shows come out. We'll, of course, still have the Wednesday live show here that you can come and watch and uh, see me laugh when I tell a Florida man story. Okay. Well, maybe I'm scrolling too fast because I'm trying to find it quickly. 
Of course. Yeah, because it's not it's not presenting itself. Oh, here's something. Have you been having people getting their post uh commented on by Facebook saying you might be going against our community standards? That I have not. Okay. I've just seen a bunch of people so, uh, talking about that recently. So there must be an uptick in uh, their their community cleanup. Yeah, I've seen the chatter. Um, I don't know, you know, because one of the things is I do try and vet, uh, you know, new people who ask for permission to join the group because uh, they do have to ask to per- ask permission to join the group. And uh, so maybe that's why it's kind of minimized. That's true. And like if, it's a, if it's a private group, they probably don't monitor it as, as much. Go be well, either group. that or you just don't have the bots and things that. Right. Yeah, I'll have to find that and, and take a look. But okay. yeah, the intention of that survey, like so many of the surveys, was to find out what the Facebook group thinks before I create a piece of content on it. Gotcha. Such a novel idea. I should do stuff like that. (laughs) Actually I have. So one of the things I've wanted to do for a while is do a more intense survey because with a poll, you can only ask one question. And so we're actually doing a survey out to the group here pretty soon uh, to kind of get their opinion on a bunch of different topics, but also on how, all things MSP specifically can help more with the community. Cause you know, I got the sponsors to be able to do more. I want the community to tell me what that more looks like. Right. Yeah. So, you know what I actually did ask. Uh, so the patrons, I have a few patrons and I asked them what we could do. And the responses I got were keep doing what you're doing, brother. And I'm like, huh? Oh, all right. Yeah. Keep making me work. All well, right. It's because you have a great show. <laughs> so I wanted to uh, get this correct. So you had mentioned earlier that we will all be doing a big, huge simulcast. And that is happening in two weeks on March 6th. It is called the Star Studded Super Show Special. And even though it Sounds is, yep, even though it is being put on by Super Ops. Uh, you will see it on each of our individual channels. We will actually all be simulcasting at the same time. So you'll catch that here. You can catch that on all things MSP, MSP Unplugged, and uh, whatever Eric Simpson's channel master program is. So that is happening March 6th, and it's happening at my favorite time, 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, so now my question is, do I do a live stream before that? I don't know. I don't know. Ask your group. See what they say. There you go. <laughs> you better ask them now, though, to make sure you get enough responses before then. <laughs> All right, Eric. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. And Anytime. look forward to our super show in two weeks. What's the first uh, conference you'll be at this year? I don't actually know what the first conference I will be at is this year. I will be attending uh, CompTIA CCF, uh, which is about the middle of March, 11th through the 13th, I think. 
So if anybody's going to be there, come find me. Uh, I won't be there. Uh, I'm try- I haven't decided yet. So I went to a conference at the end of January and got COVID. So I'm a little upset. So that put me off schedule. Uh, it looks like I will either be in Newark for the ASCII event. There may be another one. Oh, there's something here in Tampa in two weeks. I don't know if I'll go to that. And then, of course, PAX 8 Beyond is in June. Yeah, that's one of the ones I'm hoping to go to. So I'm trying to see if that's going to be the one conference I do this year west of the Mississippi because I only go west of the Mississippi once a year. Oh, I, you know, I should mention, so I do I do have another conference. Oh. Um, so I have the ACES conference, which is not well known in in our space because it's primarily in the past been an Apple consultants thing, but they really talk more about business problems than Apple stuff. Um, so I will be there because uh, anybody who is familiar with it knows that Justin Escar, who's the host of the All Things MSP podcast, that is his show that he's put on for a number of years. Obviously, it's been virtual uh, kind of during COVID. And since COVID, this is the first live one since, uh, you know, COVID. But uh, looking forward to that. That's in Salt Lake City, Utah. I want to say May. Oh, okay. I don't have the dates. Okay. Watch an episode of the podcast. It should be on there. All right. Is that near, uh, what's that comedy club that the dry bar? Is that that's Provo, Utah? Is that near there? Uh, I don't think Salt Lake City and Provo are that close. Okay. They're pretty much, I think, the two biggest cities in Utah. I have no concept of Utah. Me neither. I've never been there. Just like some people don't have a concept of how big the state of Florida is and sure. think that I'm like 20 minutes from Orlando when I'm not. No. And – uh now we were closer when when we both lived down there growing up. Yes, and it's a shame we didn't know each other then, because then this would just make this a whole lot better. Well, I was at Patrick Air Force Base back then, Satellite Beach, mm-hmm. and I was in Stewart. In Stewart, yeah. We didn't play in football though. We didn't. No, I think maybe maybe one time. The furthest we went down was, um, let's see, Palm Bay. Um, did you guys have Roger Dixon as uh, your running remember. back in football? I I didn't play, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I went to the games. My, you know, my, my dad went to the same high school that I did. So he actually had purchased the four seats for my mom, dad, me, and my sister uh, front row seats in the reserve section on the like either side of the fifty yard line. Okay, like two on one side, two on the other. Yeah, but I couldn't tell you who was playing. He may have been at Vero Beach. I think Vero was the furthest we went down. Okay, so that would have been a couple of exits before you. So, all right, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out. Uh, I want to say thank you for those of you participating with us live, Mister Keith Nelson. The Elder Statesman, Chris Webb, Dinah Giles, and others, the anonymous Facebook user, all of that. Thank you all for hanging out. 
We will be back next week. And, of course, we'll have the audio shows that I told you about. And in two weeks, the star-studded, super spectacular Super Ops show. You know, they're getting desperate when they're calling us stars, though. <laughs> I know. Hey. It is what it I'll is, I'll take right? it when I can get yep, it. Yep, I'll take it. Uh, that's going to do it, folks. Let's uh, say goodnight here. And thank you all. Uh, head over to Eric's show next week, 7 p.m. And then afterwards, watch this show, 8 p.m. Have yourselves a good time. And uh, we'll see you all soon. And until then, holla. <laughs>